Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS is proud to be the number one Western store in the USA and have been providing quality Western wear and horse tax since 1989. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. And now, Modern Cowboy brand apparel is available at NRS, as well as the Cowboy Whey Protein from our Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition line. Click the link in our Instagram bio to shop the Modern Cowboy collection at NRS World. And be sure and use code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Now, that's not only on Modern Cowboy brand products, but on everything NRS carries, with only a few exceptions. So shop Modern Cowboy brand at NRS. Use code MODERNCOWBOY for a 10% discount on your entire purchase at checkout. And remember... Whether you're the most punchy West Texas cowboy or you work on Wall Street and wear cowboy boots, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Photographer, well, that's how I know him mostly because I've seen his work on Instagram and he posts some of the coolest pictures uh, from up, well, I guess from all over really, but he's based out of uh, Alberta, Canada and uh, is, is a rancher as well and, and does some other things. We'll let him tell us all about that. But uh, anyway, uh, we communicated back and forth a little bit on, on, uh, social media and I've shared some of his pictures and uh, he just does amazing work. So we, we kind of connected and talked and um, I just thought it'd be great to have him on the podcast. Uh, very, very, very interesting story. Um, and uh, just a very, very cool feed of uh, photographs of all different types of cowboys, cowgirls, ranching and cowboy. And so uh, without any further ado, Kirk, welcome to the modern cowboy podcast. 
Thank you for the invitation to join your podcast, Dan. I'm honored to be among your accomplished guests. I think that each time I listen to the Modern Cowboy episodes, I leave with an appreciation of someone's story. And whether that's a glimpse into where their story began or the obstacles that they've overcome, or maybe how faith has influenced their life, I think that your podcast is both inspirational and unique, and I'm, I'm grateful for, for the opportunity today. Yeah, hey, well, I appreciate that. You know, and 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 that's, you know, basically what it's all about is is the guests and people's stories. And, and you know, uh, as usual, I'm always just amazed. Like, you and I spoke briefly, and just some of the things you started telling me, I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, it, it's just – it's crazy how, how, what, what a small world it really is. But, uh, I was just super intrigued by, you know, uh, what you, what we talked about briefly. And, and so that's why I'm glad to have you on today. So, so you, you're, you are in Alberta, Canada. We just, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we're on a zoom right now, of course. And I asked you if you had uh, a video, but you couldn't turn your video on, uh, because it makes your sound quality horrible. And you know this because you teach uh, school online. So, uh, and then you said, well, hopefully our internet holds up. Uh, so obviously you're probably in a pretty remote area. I'm actually not in that remote of an area. I actually live, our ranch is just south of Calgary, Alberta, up here in the great white north. And although I'm not very far from a major center, our internet is horrible. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there are days that it's, it's a bit taxing and trying, but we do our best and we make do with what we have. I actually teach in a traditional school uh, but there are times when we've been online, given everything that's going on in our society at the moment. But that's when our technology seems to put me to the test the most, learning how to teach through Zoom. And it makes life interesting, to say the least. Yeah, no no kidding. <laughs> hey, so just, you know, give us a background on you, Kirk, and, and, and your story and, and uh, you know, how you guys uh, got into the, the uh, ranching uh, industry and, and uh, go from there. But I'm, um, I'm a self-taught photographer. I did some photography in high school and I kind of let it go for a while. And it came back to me uh, later on in the last few years here where I just started sharing more of our family's adventures and trials and tribulations through my photography online. Um, I grew up in BC. Uh, so again, just a province a little ways away from here. And I moved to Alberta just after high school. Um, I was born and raised in a ranching family with a big blue collar background and obviously a lot of our family rodeos and it's heavy into the ranching industry and it just seemed a natural progression for me to continue in that in that path i don't um, necessarily own a lot myself um, i live on a ranch here in alberta but it's primarily my horses here at this point in time we were a large cow operation commercial cattle operation at one point uh, but a lot of that's kind of narrowed down and lasted a while um, given my time constraints with school and everything else, it's a bit trying for me to kind of run everything all by myself. But uh, to say the least, we stay busy and have fun. And despite what many people think, we don't live in igloos. We have real houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we talked before about, uh, you know, Canada. That It's it's one of the last uh, wild frontiers, uh, really. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are very fortunate to live where we do. And I think you can see a lot of that in my, in my feed and then what we share through Instagram and through our social media and that they, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to walk out my front door, grab a horse in the barnyard and head out into the mountains or the hills or down the road to the arena. And, you know, we live a life that a lot of people enjoy and it's, it's, I'm blessed to be able to share that with people. And if I can put a smile on someone's face and seeing what we've done during the day or what we are able to do in a weekend, it, you know, I guess I've kind of done God's work there and been able to, make someone's day just that little much more, that bit, that much more better. Yeah. Now um, you, you have uh, 
kids? I don't actually know. I uh, I have enough kids at school during the day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, they keep my life busy enough. And what grade do you teach anyway? I teach grade two in gym. I um, I've taught grade three, grade four, and grade two. I just moved back to grade two this year. Um, I'm pretty fortunate to teach where I do. I teach in a Catholic school here in Okotoks, Alberta. And, you know, to say the least, each day is a little bit different. I mean, kids truly do light up your life and we never have a dull moment. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is for sure. So now I've, I've, I've seen, um, you post some, uh, photos on here of golfing too. Now I, I'm not sure if that's you or not in the, in the, in the, in the pictures, but do you, do you golf as well or? Uh, to say the least, I'm not much of a professional golfer. Uh, <laughs> we play our own version of redneck golf, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. I tend to play more of the off-the-cart polo and <laughs> a little bit of a redneck <laughs> scramble. Uh, I, I believe the picture that may be in my feet is actually one of my friends. Um, we golf for fun, let's put it that way. <laughs> I do golf with some very talented golfers. Myself, I'm not much of a golfer. <laughs> I try, but that's about it. Now, do you do you team rope at all up there, or uh, you guys mostly just do ranch work? Mostly ranch work. I did rope a little more, a bit more when I was younger. I haven't for quite a while in any kind of competition, but I guess in daily operations and things like that, it's part of our everyday life and part of what we do for fun. Uh, a lot of my friends and family are heavy into roping and things like that, so I spend a lot of my time behind the camera, documenting that, sharing that, and trying to get some cool pictures up on the wall in our houses and things like that. More than anything. I also uh, noticed recently too, Kirk, that uh, they featured one of your photos on the the cover of the Working Ranch magazine. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Now, now when when they do that, I mean, do they uh, obviously you know they have to get permission, right? Is did they reach out to you and and did you have this photo just in your feed, uh, or how that how that come about? They do actually. Um, a lot of those images are purchased for cover rights, uh, depending on the picture itself. You know, it could be something I posted in my feed or they may, they may contact me and ask me if, you know, I have similar images to one that I posted or if I have any more featuring that particular person or that particular event that they could have a look at. And then that conversation continues from that point forward. Um, I've, you know, I've been featured in several publications and magazines and I, it certainly is a huge highlight and it's actually, it's a great compliment. I mean, it, to say the least, when you have the cover of a magazine, it's kind of the, that, next, that next level and it, it truly makes you feel that you've accomplished something and it makes you feel good about yourself. And for me, more than anything, it's, it's seeing my friends and my family on those covers and in those publications that makes me happy more than anything else. Yeah. Is that, uh, now who, who is, who is in the, that photo, uh, uh, on, uh, the work and ranch magazine. It's, it's a, it's a, a cowboy and he's actually carrying a, a small calf. That's right. Uh, that's my buddy, Kenny. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually is the owner and operator of box and ranches, Alberta. He's uh, a wonderful horse trainer and a great rancher, great dad, and an all-around good man. Yeah, very cool picture. You know, it's 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 interesting. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I I, I just never really because I I mean, you know, you're in your own little world, and and uh, I, I just never realized how big uh, cowboying and the Western uh, lifestyle and everything is is in Canada. And and I've I've learned that even more since I started my podcast you know, uh, about two and a half years ago or th- almost three years ago now, because uh, I've had a lot of different people on from Canada, but it's there's a huge, huge uh, 
you know, cowboy and cattle and ranching uh, farming industry in Canada. Um, and uh, it's just, uh, it, it, it's just super, super cool. Um, I, I, we, we were talking to before, um, I'm going to get to this a little bit early, but we're talking about, uh, uh, cowboy hats and, uh, yeah. uh you, your favorite brand of cowboy hat is, uh, is what? Is Smithfield hats right from here in Calgary. Yeah. And we, we, and I'm going to these questions early just because it's such a cool That's topic, fun. but, uh, cause I'd had, uh, um, Cody Harrison on from, uh, Smith built hats. I mean, it was back, right. Not that long after actually he got, got hired there, but, uh, that was a very cool story, uh, in and of itself. And, and, uh, anyway, so let's talk, let's talk about them a little bit and your connection with, uh, with Smith built hats. You bet. Smith built hats have been around for quite some time here in Calgary. They're a bit of an icon on our frontier. Um, I mean, obviously I share them a lot in my feed and I, you know, I've done several different, um, collaborations with them and other artists, uh, showcasing their work and their products uh, through my Instagram and obviously in their Instagram feed as well. Uh, Brian and Cody at Smithfield Hats are two really great guys. They're very talented at what they do and their product is second to none. Uh, I mean, they, you know, the quality of the hats that they produce is amazing and the style is unique in itself. Um, you know, you can go in and get a hat right off the shelf and take one home that, you know, at that point immediately, or you can have them custom design and shape one to your specific needs or whatever your style may or may not be. Uh, I'm very fortunate. My hat collection seems to grow quickly, <laughs> to say <laughs> yeah. but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to support and provide images for someone who's based here locally and who has a really good and outstanding reputation as well. Yeah. Now I, I, I remember um, oh, talking with Cody about it, but uh, they, they produce a, 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 one of their iconic hats, I, I think is, is it the, uh, white straw is it a white straw that they and I, I believe do they do that for the calgary stampede is that is that what uh it is it's like it's actually kind of a i guess a staple of the calgary stampede and it's one that they you know they produce at a larger scale for that particular event right um, obviously the stampede is known worldwide it's an international event and i mean at that for that week almost everyone in calgary becomes cowboy to an extent that's great I mean, we are very fortunate we do live in god's country and we're basically the heart of the cowboy world here in alberta um we live in the foothills so it's you know we're kind of the gateway to all the different major ranching areas across alberta and the calgary stampede is a very big part of that I mean, obviously the stampede itself is much more than just a rodeo but to many of us that's the biggest part of it and the cowboy hat is one of the biggest symbols that you know people can can be their own version of a cowboy whether that be for the week or for the year or for their entire life yeah very cool very cool so now you you guys you said you guys still raise uh, a small herd is or, or is mostly uh, other family members that uh, are ranching uh, I have family that ranches in British Columbia and I have quite a few family members that ranch out here in Alberta as well uh, they range in scale from Know, smaller operations to much larger operations that are vast in number uh, at the home place here we only have horses at this point we just okay. uh liquidating the last bit of our herd about guess just over a year ago two years ago i guess a year and a bit maybe i'm not sure but uh we had at one point about 350 head here and i was responsible mainly for our bull group and for our young heifer group here in the yard just before and after school and all the times in between yeah now, are are you transitioning, uh, or, or is it is it your you know objective to to transition to 
doing photography full time or is this still something that's, uh, you know, just a kind of a side hustle or. I'd say it's more of a side hustle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love what I do. Teaching is definitely something that I've been, you know, I've been very passionate about for a long time. I never have a dull day. Um, It's something that's consistent for me and that gives me stability in my career. Uh, Photography for me is, you know, it's a great opportunity to meet a lot of people. I have a lot of great opportunities presented to me and I certainly enjoy doing it. But at this point in time, it's not something that I'm looking to, to take to any great extent. Let's put it that way. I enjoy sharing what I do. And basically it is like us, you know, just, it's an opportunity for me to share my lifestyle, my friends, my family, and just promote our Western way of life in a positive and respectful manner. Um, I mean, I'm very fortunate to work for, um, different publications and support publications. I actually work for working, or sorry, Western Horse Review here in Alberta as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I support that magazine with editorial uh, columns and as well, uh, just image support that can be used throughout the publication. And, you know, even that in itself keeps me busy outside of school hours. Yeah. Now, I also, I've seen uh, in your feed too, and I've, I've, I haven't really, uh, you know, researched it, but uh, w- what's the... Uh, I, I think I've seen you wear some of the shirts, the Alpha Bull shirts. What what brand is that and what's that about? You betcha. Alpha Bull is actually a bull riding production company owned by my buddy Chad Bestplug. Uh, he's a very accomplished bull rider and very passionate about the sport of bull riding and having him as a standalone event. So he produces events here in Alberta and British Columbia, um, very similar to what a, a PBR event would be. Okay. Very cool. So, so is, is this, how, now how long has that been around? They've been around for several years now. Um, obviously beginning with an invitational event in his hometown of Clarisville, Alberta, and then branching out from there uh, to much larger and much more vibrant events. Um, he also has a clothing line and, you know, those are obviously what you'll see in a lot of my images, t-shirts, baseball style shirts, caps, things like that built for cowboys made for cowboys yeah very cool that's 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 interesting so um now is this a uh alpha bull is it, so and you know we have the the prca you know um ipra here the wcra um all those are are there specific uh you know ones in in canada as well to specific you know uh, professional rodeo uh, organizations in canada i mean like alpha bull obviously that's one of them so they would be like a standalone event, right? So like we do have, obviously the PRCA does operate here in Canada. Okay. And transitions into like late to the road is in the United States, obviously gearing towards NFR and CFR, things like that. Okay. Um, we have separate organizations that would run, you know, on their own outside of that. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you said, uh, um, you said the NFR and the um, CFR, is that Canadian finals rodeo? That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And when is that, when is that held? Typically in November. So coming up right before the, the, the NFR then, huh? Yeah. You okay. betcha. All right. Very cool. So now some of the, some of the country, what altitude are you guys at there in Alberta? I mean, and I'm, I'm sure it, it can change in uh, a short drive, yeah. but it does. I guess we we're in the, we're in what we call our first spring here. So it's warm outside and it's sunny, but tomorrow it could be minus 10 and snowing again. Gotcha. <laughs> we're in a mountainous region. Uh, we are in the foothills of Alberta. So we're right next to the Rocky mountains. Um, we do, do we do it deal with a lot of Chinooks and things like that here. We get a lot of weather fronts coming across the mountains and, 
we do experience a lot of different seasons at many different <laughs> many different time frames, I guess you could say. Uh, we joke about it being our first spring in the sense that it'll, it'll be warm enough just to get muddy and melt everything and get it nice and mucky and muddy outside and, <laughs> and we'll freeze again and we'll get some more snow and then it'll melt again and we'll go back through that two or three times and then we'll get summer for about a month <laughs> and then we'll head back into winter. So, so you guys really only have summer for about a month? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we have oh. summer for we do have a full season of summer, but we joke about it because there are years that our summer is very short, and there's right. years that it's a little longer than 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 many. Uh, last year we were very fortunate; we had a really good summer. We had lots of rain, keeping things hydrated, and we had a lot of sun in between. So, yeah. Well, if we 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 have the uh, you know in Arizona, sometimes our, we were just talking the other day about it. Uh, we're having kind of a, a different uh, winter here and, and getting a lot more rain. It's been cooler. And I'm, I was just commenting, I hope that uh, this is kind of an indication that we're going to maybe have a milder summer because it, it can get warm here for those three months. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. We get warm, but we don't quite get that warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, there's, there's times where, you know, it, it doesn't cool down below a hundred, uh, all night so oh yeah yeah I mean, where i grew up in bc it was a lot like that it's a very it's a desert zone so it's 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 toasty and i know when i go back to visit in the summertime or even throughout you know the fall uh when i'm staying at my parents place or some of my family members out there i i can't imagine living there again i, I can't sleep at night it's so hot <laughs> and then i come back here and we're lucky because it cools off every night yeah crazy now we, we were talking to when we when we chatted up before when we were scheduling the podcast uh now you you have a very large family and uh that goes a, a long way in the in the rodeo world um, yeah we do <laughs> yeah and uh and i i don't know what i can't remember what you tell me you tell me how many cousins and something i, I think you were anyway um but anyway um so there's a long history was your dad in rodeo too or no, actually, he wasn't. My dad was uh, raised in a farming and ranching environment more than anything. Uh -huh. uh, he's a big hunter. We picked that up from him for sure. Uh, my mom's side of the family is much more into the rodeo world. Uh, obviously, my mom is a Pazabon. So I know, you know, if you know Ty Pazabon and some other people, obviously, a little more related to your world down there. Yes. Um, we, there's a big herd of us. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, we travel in numbers. Um, I've been very blessed, like I mentioned, to be raised in a big family. And even though we are large, we're quite close knit. And, you know, being grounded in that ranching and that blue collar, I guess, lifestyle really kind of built up that strong work ethic. And it's really shaped me to who I am today. And I think that I see those same features and those same characteristics in a lot of my family members and cousins and brothers and sisters, things like that, in the sense that, you know, we all work pretty hard. We all enjoy spending time together. And, we're passionate about our Western way of life and having that continue in a positive and respectful manner. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Now you mentioned hunting too. Um, that's, there's some, I mean, amazing hunting in Canada. Uh, yeah. do, do, you, do you have a favorite, uh, favorite hunt you like to do or? Uh, I like any and all kinds of hunting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do enjoy elk hunting a lot. Um, yeah. It's a bit, uh, bit more involved, a little more entertaining. Um, we're very blessed to live where we do, like I mentioned, because we do have a lot of access to those types of animals and things like that. Um, Whitetail hunting and mule deer hunting up here is pretty big. So, you know, every fall, that's a big highlight with a lot of our friends and family. And it's time that we can get out and we can go riding, check things out and scope out where we want to sit for the next little while. 
Now, how hard is it to get tags and in into uh, you know be able to harvest harvest game up there? What's what's it like in Canada? Um, I think it's about the same as everywhere, really. I mean, uh-huh. putting your numbers in and getting your your priority established is kind of a kind of a common ground, I guess you could say. Um, I failed last year. I missed draws, and <laughs> I'm sure my priority dropped a little bit. But I'm looking forward to getting that back up and running this year. <laughs> hopefully I won't be teased about it all year long. It's been a popular conversation at the table among most of our family about checking in on when draws are due and wondering if I've written that on the wall somewhere so I don't forget this year. Oh, so so you just forgot to to uh, put yours in to, to get <laughs> well, a draw? Well, the funny thing is I was I had several texts come in the week before reminding me, and I just thought I was just over – I was a bit overwhelmed with work and everything else that was going on. And I just had a lot on my plate and I, I had thought about it the day before. I'm like, Oh, I need to make sure I sit down at my computer and get this done. And I know that day, just a lot was going on and I was away from the house and I got back late and I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning. And as soon as I woke up, I realized that, Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put my draws in and I haven't lived it down since. (laughs) So now when you put your draw in, do you always get drawn or is it, uh, is it a lottery? Uh, it depends on the type of draw that you put in. Um, okay. Last year, my intention was actually just to priority for a few of those, few of those species and harvest. You know, obviously, wouldn't be a, an option for me at that point. Um, you're just building your priorities so you can draw in a better area, or uh, you know, if you don't plan on being able to hunt. I mean, it's hard for me also because I, you know, I'm in school during the day, right? Uh, so I only really have weekends, or if I have you know a long weekend, or if I have you know a time off over a break that I could do that. Uh, so I typically can't hunt for three or four different species in one hunting season for myself. Right. So I'll priority up on one and then, you know, kind of go for what I want to. We can get general tags here as well. And you can just obviously walk in and buy that tag with your appropriate licensing, but I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Now, um, when you're, when you're doing your, your photography, do you, do you have, uh, you know, specific cameras you like do you shoot anything with with the iphone i'm i'm curious about that too <laughs> um i like canon i'm very partial to canon photography and their systems they're very user friendly and they're quite durable i mean obviously riding where i do and i you know my my gear's all in a backpack that i can throw on my back sometimes i strap it on the side of a horse whatever right. i'm doing. if i'm if i'm pony an extra colt along beside me depending on how much i trust that horse i might sling a camera bag on the side of my saddle or on a pack saddle but um no, I typically don't use my iPhone a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the new iPhones, the quality from those pictures is outstanding. Right. I mean, I will use them for videos. If I'm doing like a, you know, a story or things like that, I can, I, I'll incorporate those into my feed in terms of uh, just little video clips and things like that. But for the most part, I shoot with Canon gear and um, I haven't really ventured far from that because it's what I've kind of been established with already. And I already know. Like I mentioned before, technology isn't always my friend. So I feel like every time I, I, you know, experiment with a new camera body or try a new lens, I feel that it's, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes. And like I said, I am self-taught. So it's a bit of trial and error and getting used to where I, you know, where I want to be, where I want to use it, where it works best. And I guess trial by fire, seeing what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. So, so you never, you never had any formal training other than just self-taught and in Googling around to, to uh yeah i in high school we did have some you know i guess workshops on on layout and on composition things like that and 
I was lucky to have the teacher that I did that kind of pushed me to try things that, you know, that were outside of my comfort zone. And then I, like I said, I stepped away from it for quite a while. And, you know, some of my friends were still obviously heavy into photography and taking pictures and I take pictures with them. And obviously just when we were out riding or when I was at home and I saw something that I thought looked cool, I'd take a picture. If I liked it, I'd blow it up, put it up on my wall in the house. And it kind of spiraled from there in the sense that people would walk in and say, oh man, that's, that's such a great picture. You need to share that with somebody. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I like it. It's cool. I'm like, no, you should post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook. And <laughs> right. the more I started doing that, that I guess, you know, the more, the more things started to grow for me and the more people started contacting me and reaching out in terms of clients and businesses and just people that wanted to be included in that or have me come and take their family photos. And it's truly, you know, grown a lot from that point. And I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had to this point. Um, you know, I've been supported by a lot of really great companies and I've had a lot of really great clients, friends and family, you know, continue to encourage me and continue to, you know, to evolve my style and my skill set. Yeah. And, you know, the more, the more that you take pictures, the more that you experiment with the gear that you have and, you know, the settings that you take pictures in, obviously the better it's going to be. Yeah. Now, do you have a do you have a, a certain uh, editing software that you like? Because I mean, you know, you, you've got a, a a style, you know, that is, is yours, really. And, uh, you know, what what and, and I'll notice too that you'll you know you'll have uh, the photo in color, then you'll have it in with some kind of filter. Um, is there a certain uh, program that you use to do that with? Or I bounce back and forth between if. Uh, back and forth, so between a few different uh, editing platforms, my my preference is to use Lightroom. Uh -huh. uh, it's one that's you know it's obviously very user friendly. It's you know it's it's easy for me to load onto a laptop, onto an iPad or single uh, like a single device. If I want to show somebody proofs while I'm there, I can quickly do that. Obviously, most of my cameras have a Wi-Fi function that you know establishes on their own. Right. So if I have something that's very user friendly, I can show somebody on the spot what that picture might look like in color, in black and white. Right. If I adjust, you know, the exposure, if I bring down the clarity, if I increase the clarity, just those little changes can make a lot of difference in a, in a photograph. And I mean, I, I, I typically don't edit a lot. I don't, I don't use Photoshop. I don't take things out of pictures. I don't add things into pictures. It's not, that's not really my style. Right. Um, I know that some people are very talented at doing that. And I'm, I've experimented with, experimented with that a couple of times. It's just, it's not really who I am as a person. Right. I, I'm not to show our, I guess just our Western heritage and our Western way of life in an authentic manner. When I take yeah. a picture, I want to make sure that I'm taking the time to set things up properly to begin with. And that presents challenges in and of itself. I mean, when I'm, you know, if I'm out taking pictures of horses on the ranch or cows at the ranch, I mean, if you want that one picture that looks really good, you got to be in the right spot and you got to be there quick and ready to go. Um, I've, uh, I joke about a lot of our friends and family and, their patience with me sometimes because I'll have them okay like oh that looked really cool can you try that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll make them run that I'll run a steer one more time or I'll have them you know okay I want you to stand here but I want the sun to be a little bit lower so can you just hold on for about two more minutes <laughs> right exactly we well, have other patience to get the right picture sometimes but I guess it's worth it in the end yeah absolutely you know I, I just actually was just uh scroll through your feed real quick just to see because you've got quite a quite a following on on instagram and you you literally you're coming up on your it'll be two years uh, 24th this month from your from your first post so that's that's not that's not very long ago you know that you no saw. actually it, i when i first started my professional feed so i guess the, the bar xp instagram feed right. i uh, i wasn't really sure where that was going to go and i was encouraged by some friends to do that and 
you know, very shortly after I started that, it, it started to grow quite quickly. And, you know, there is, there is a big following out there for people that enjoy our Western way of life. And that little bit of, you know, that little bit of cowboy in everyone right. um, that wants to see those images, wants to see those people, wants to see and experience our way of life. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're very fortunate to live the lifestyle that we do and to, know to have access to our animals and the landscape that we live in so you know just sharing those pictures and sharing some of those things on my story about you know where we ride and what we get to do in a day it's very appealing to a lot of people and I guess I'm blessed to be able to share that on a daily basis yeah and where does the bar xp come from that's actually my own personal livestock brand oh it's okay so I naturally just chose that as my handle I guess (laughs) And, 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 and how, how did that brand come about? Um, uh, most of our family, obviously, my last name being Prescott or Pausabon, has a P in their brand. And I was that child that picked X, even though my family discouraged me against picking an X because it doesn't typically brand very clean. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like to do things my own way. And I'm like, well, no, I want it. So right. I went and got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, so um, we... Uh, we talked about what your favorite hat brand is. Uh, do you, do you have a favorite uh, brand of boots? I do. Uh, <laughs> that it does vary a little bit here and there. I'm pretty partial to twisted X boots. Uh-huh. Um, I have a pretty wide foot and they fit really well. They stand up really well. And it's something that I've obviously worn for quite some time, both in just like casual footwear and in cowboy boots. Um, I've also worn double H boots a bit here and there. Uh, I like them. I guess really whatever I find in the sale rack, if I can get it on my foot. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> and most it well and it's well made, I'll probably wear it. Yeah, and bo- and both those boots do come uh, in in very wide widths. They run wide anyway, but then they come in very wide widths as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and the the double H, I know they're they're built dirty tough, and and uh, I I know there's. The one that one uh, it was one of the, I think Twisted X first boots that came out. Uh, one with the uh, with the it's not a crepe sole, but it's kind of like a crepe sole. But uh, very very comfortable boot, but it runs very wide also. I I tend to be partial to their rough stock boot and yeah. their taller boots. Uh, I like I like the leather sole and I like the just I guess just the the structure of the whole boot in general. Uh, I don't like low cut boots. I don't like how they rub on my on the inside of my leg and my saddle. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of picky that way, but um, I think as soon as I discovered their rough stock style boot, I kind of stuck with that for quite some time. And I can't say that I'm going very far from that in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> how about cowboy movies? You, you got a favorite cowboy movie? And that, that's one thing. I know that there's a lot of, a lot of Westerns that get filmed up in Canada too. So we do we're actually very lucky again obviously to have some of the some of the landscapes that we do for movies we also have a lot of very iconic movie i guess production people in our midst for example john scott lives right yes. here in our area and i've actually you know featured him in one of our publications with the magazine and taken pictures over at his ranch itself for one of his very unique <laughs> white bison but um I guess in terms of my favorite cowboy movies, I'd have to go quite a ways back. I think that, you know, obviously modern and uh, I guess, you know, old, there are a lot of really great Western movies out there, but I'm going to have to say that Lonesome Dove and The Man from Snowy River probably take the top two for me. And I think I'd have to say that our family probably had multiple copies of those movies and we probably went through all of them in our lifetime 
as a kid in the sense that we could quote both of those movies almost word for word all the way through. Yes. We didn't have a lot of TV growing up. We didn't have many channels. We had one, one and a half channels at best. <laughs> so I guess I had a lot of, t- a lot of family movie nights were spent arguing over what movie we were going to watch. And we didn't have a very big movie collection either, but those two certainly got played a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because uh, man from snowy river, it, it's, it's a great, great movie. And I, I watched it not that long ago again, and, and I was surprised at, at how old of a movie it really is. You know, I mean, it didn't seem like it was made that long ago, but super, super great movie. I think we had, well, we watched it not that long ago, and I remember thinking like, oh man, like back in the, like, I don't want to date myself here, but back in the day, it seemed like it was such a great movie, and then you watch it now, and obviously our, you know, our, our technology has brought movies to a whole other level, and I was thinking like, this was filmed quite a while before we ever watched it. Yes, yes. It's a little surprising that on how far things have come in terms of the imagery, in terms of the speed of frame, everything. And yeah, yeah. we still I, joke like where we ride a lot here, the train is quite similar. And we joke yeah. when we're sliding down side hills or getting ourselves into some of the wrecks that we do. Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to play a little man from Snowy River here. No problem. Let's get down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, you know, there's there's a great line from that. I, I don't know why I remember it, but uh, and I'm gonna draw a blank on the actor's name. Um, anyway, he he was uh, <clears throat> it was the father of the of the of the of the daughter that, uh, and I'm 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 forgetting his name now. But I, in the in the movie, his name was Tom. Uh, but uh, the father of the daughter that Tom was like in love with, and uh, and he was talking to somebody else. So and uh, he says. Uh, another time and not that long ago you'd be dead right now and i don't know why i always just love that quote but uh but it was i don't know it's always just stuck out in my mind but no i think that quote's pretty good yeah <laughs> i think it applies to a lot of situations yeah yeah exactly it's just <laughs> kind of like take him to the train yeah yeah no kidding yeah take him to the train station no doubt <laughs> too funny yeah you mentioned uh you mentioned uh uh, the white bison and uh, it's John Scott, correct? Is uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he uh, is um, oh gosh, I had uh, Jake, um, Jake Church on from uh, he was in Heartland and stuff, and, and that's his grandfather. And like you mentioned, uh, they I guess they've got a, a movie a movie set kind of right on his ranch, a small town or whatever. He sure does. Yeah, I mean. Anyone that's spending time with John can attest to the fact that you know you could sit and listen to John talk for hours and the stories that he has to tell and the experience that he's you know that he's been able to include in his life and share with others is outstanding. I mean, it's just the, the the amount of knowledge and the amount of people that he's met in his lifetime is it's unreal. Yeah, and I, I guess they've they're doing they're doing. Um... A, a movie or a production on him currently. I don't know if it's done yet. I've just seen some stuff around um, kind of his story, I think. You bet. I think uh, locally here, I think Vicki McFadden did a piece on him. Uh-huh. I haven't actually watched it myself, but I know that there was a premiere here last year. Okay. Um, and, you know, I've heard great things about it. I think that it, you know, it tells a lot of his story and a lot of his experiences. And I think that, you know, it really defines kind of who he is as a person from what I've been told anyways. And it just gives a little bit of a glimpse into, you know, the life that he has and, you know, what he's been able to share and produce in his lifetime. Yeah. It's actually quite incredible. Yeah. Pretty cool. And I, I, I also understand that he uh, 
supplies a lot of horses for movies as well. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's just, it was just like I was saying, you know, the, I know they do a lot of uh, Westerns in, in, uh, in Canada and, uh, and I was just surprised at how many, you know, how many just iconic films have been, have been filmed up there. Yeah. But, and I think but, in our local area here, again, living in the foothills, we get, and we get a lot of that appeal because we have the mountain landscape, we have the prairie, you know, the prairie grass and, you know, the grasslands just to the east and, you know, they're able to shoot a lot of variety in a small amount of terrain. And obviously they have a lot of these really good, you know, ranching locations and some hardworking cowboys that aren't afraid to get the job done and make it look real at the same time. And obviously, even, you know, if they, if they do have actors in place, they have people there that can give them a view into what that would really look like if they wanted it to be authentic. And, you know, I think that can be a challenge sometimes, but I think that, you know, we live in an area where we're, we're very fortunate to have the people we do and the landscape we do to make those productions first rate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's obvious in, in your photography and in all the pictures you take, I mean, cause the, the landscapes and the people and everything, it's just, it's just awesome. And it's just like you say, you know, it, it allows us to, to have a glimpse into, uh, you know, that lifestyle and, in in the countryside and, uh, just animals and, and fashion and everything else, uh, you know, through your lens. So, uh, I just think that's super cool and I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to, with social media, to be able to, uh, to experience it. I agree. And I think that, you know, social media presents a lot of really good, great opportunities for many of us, you know, you know, whether that be the, you know, the connection between people, uh, just through images, whether that be the connection through, you know, obviously messaging and then the opportunities to do things like we are today, you know, visiting and chatting over a podcast or learning more about someone else's story, listening to your podcast and just, you know, again, just confirming how small the world really is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's for sure. <clears throat> hey, so if we're getting close to the end of our time here, uh, Kirk, but uh, it, if people want to follow you, uh, your Instagram is... It's at bar XP photo. So at bar underscore XP underscore photo on Instagram. Okay. Now, do you have a website too, or are you just, uh, just the Instagram? I don't, I just use the Instagram. And again, I, you know, I, I reach out to people through email and through messaging and things like that. And you kind of just grow from there. Yeah. Well, very cool, man. Well, Hey, I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on. You don't, you have, you don't have to teach class today, do you? I'm actually out from school today. I have some appointments in the afternoon and I had one early this morning. So I was able to fit this right in the middle. So it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad you took the time uh, to come on and share with us. And, uh, you know, uh, for anybody that doesn't, uh, isn't following bar XP photo, you got to head over there and check it out and give them a follow. Cause there's some amazingly cool content on there. And, uh, Hopefully uh, we talked about it. Um, I, I still haven't done it yet. I got to do it. And I'm going to get that done. I'm going to send you some apparel. So we might see a, a photo of some modern cowboy apparel on your feed here. Oh, we'll get it done. I look forward to it. You'll have to come up and try some of our winter sports up here. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've, I've had so many. Yeah. I've had so many invitations to come up there and my wife and I've been talking. We, we definitely, definitely want to get up there. I, I haven't been to Canada since, I think I was 12 years old and we went to British Columbia, but uh, I, I definitely, definitely would love to do it. And, and uh, I have a, a lot of people to see up there because I like, yeah. like we talked about, I've had several people on the podcast from up there and now you, so um, I'm definitely connected to, to Canada. 
Absolutely. No better way to be. Yeah. You can make hey. it look a little bit stereotypical. Take you for a cowboy skier. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. I can do that. I just need really short skis. That's okay. We can also put you on a couch and pull you by horses that way too. There you go. That might be better. <laughs> well, Kirk, hey man, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, like I said, go give uh, Kirk follow at Bar XP Photo, um, and uh, look forward to uh, to catching up with you again here in the future. You bet. Have a great afternoon, Dan. Thanks so much for inviting me today. You bet. legendary men sons of the desert and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride I'm a cowboy, that's my brain Until the day I strings from the radio to the rodeo i'm gonna do my thing i don't compromise on nothing what you see is what you get i may be broken busted but they ain't killed me yet i'm a cow